0: Wow. Good morning. Man, it's good to see you guys. Everybody doing good? Yes. Ready to watch football? Are you ready to watch football? You, you ready? Are you ready for? Him? I didn't think so. He's still a little bitter. So, if you see him, give him a hug. Don't don't mention the Titans. they left him he said <laughs> uh... hey uh... let me uh... let me throw something at you Ben will make mention of this at the end but i just want to make mention of it again tuesday night uh... we brought this up last weekend uh, tuesday night uh... we are having a writers round uh... A bunch of writers from our church friends of theirs Getting together, this thing kind of ran away. It was an idea that uh, I don't want to say that I had it, but I talked about it with a couple guys. The next thing I know, it's like happening. Uh, and uh, uh, it happened quickly. Uh, and so, anyway, uh, it's going to be an awesome night. It's going to be at Eastside Bowl. That's where the old Kmart used to be at Gallatin Road, right by Briley. Uh, and uh, man, we'd love for you to come out. Uh, all the money for that night is going toward. Uh, us starting our own, sponsoring our own Hope Center house, and so we will be working in conjunction with the Hope Center. Uh, the Hope Center would own the ha- own the house. We don't have to pay for the whole house. Uh, there's a lot to that. No, we haven't gotten to cover a lot of that stuff. But uh, anyway, very exciting stuff. Uh, and again, all the money will be going toward the purchase. Uh, of of the house so uh, would love for you to be with us to, uh, Tuesday night and have a have an awesome time party it up and have a good time and and, uh, and raise a little money uh, for a Hope House so we're excited about that um, that uh, you know that that really I'll tell you one of the things that I love about the Hope Center the Hope Center does probably one of the best jobs I have ever seen of doing discipleship Uh and and, and what's not lost on them is that they have a captive audience. Uh, you know, these folks are with them. Uh if you work if you do the whole uh, if you do the whole program, it's a year uh that they're that they're in the program. And so uh, you know, but I, I am amazed every time I go uh to the Hope Center, one of the things that happens is eventually uh some you know, some guys that I've never met in my life find out I'm a pastor and they like run to me with all these questions, theological questions, questions that I'm like, I don't know, you know, (laughs) like, you know, oh, you thought I was like some guru or something, I'm like, go Google that junk, you know, Uh, and scripture next to it, you know, but... uh... But uh, anyway, uh, we're we're really excited about this, and that leads uh, me to uh, what we're talking about today in our series on what is twenty-four. And uh, a big part of twenty-four is is just that—it's discipleship. And and today we're talking uh, about the teaching and the sharpening of one another. Uh, And I'm excited to get to share this. I, I brought up. Uh, Several weeks ago that, uh, you know, if you look at the vision statement of uh, uh, any of the vision statements, mission statements that our church has ever had, uh, we've had reach up, reach out, reach in, uh, love God, love people, live gospel, uh, make disciples uh, right there. Uh, And then uh, currently it's gospel family mission. And if you look at the scripture that any of those statements is built on, uh, you'll usually find two basic passages. And this is probably true for most, for most churches. Uh, you have the passage of the greatest commandment, and we've talked about that. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, uh, everything you got. Uh, and then uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, and then secondly, the other passage is the Great Commission. And uh, today I want to share the Great Commission with you, and we're going to talk about some of the pieces of it this week. We're going to talk about more of it next week, and I'm sure we'll bring it up again before it's all said and done. Uh, but uh, uh, this this idea of discipleship, discipleship is one of those words that I think just scares people. You know, they just they hear it and they're like, "Oh, I've always failed at that. I'm no good at that. I can't do that." And, and the truth is, is that's not that is absolutely not true 100% is that not true I mean to the point that that's not true uh, is that we are all disciples of something we are all being discipled by somebody we don't we don't even know if you're listening to a podcast on somebody that's you know you're learning about how they ran a business or how they did a thing or whatever it is you are a disciple of that you are learning about that you know and and you know true discipleship would be if you like you really follow in the ways of that or whatever uh and the truth is is that we also make disciples maybe maybe we do that at work maybe we do that at home with our children maybe we do that with our maybe we're trying to do that with a spouse some of the ladies in here are trying to disciple their husbands to do things like put their laundry away or even wash it you know whatever uh but uh you know my wife is still working on me with that uh but um yeah, you know, we're, discipleship is not something to be scared of. It's really not. And in fact, it's probably, it's probably one of the greatest joys that Christians are given that so many of them miss out on. I'm going to say that again. It's one of the greatest joys that Christians are given by the Lord that they miss out on. And they miss out on it just because they're like, well, I just don't have time. You know, I don't have time, I don't have time. Forget all that forget that I don't have time statement uh, and and just be real with yourself about what it is that God's calling you to do what he's leading you to do what you know would be best for you uh, let me share Matthew twenty eight this is this is the great commission this is this this passage of scripture that means so much to us in our faith Matthew twenty eight verse eighteen And it says, and this is, by the way, it says, you know, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. Oh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one. Just throw your hand up. Let them know you need one. If you don't have one, you can keep that one. We'd love for you to take it as a gift. Um, But uh, Matthew 28, you know, it's the end of the Gospel of Matthew. And in Matthew 28, we have, you know, like, uh, this is like Jesus is on his way out the door. Okay, this is like, you know, some of the last things that he's teaching us. I'm always paying attention to, like, where things fall in Jesus' ministry and, you know, again, like, all the stuff surrounding, like, uh, you know, leading up to him being crucified and just after him being crucified. This is Jesus risen teaching this, okay? Jesus risen, like, was dead Jesus, now alive Jesus, you know, and he's and he's come back, and he's given very little for us. And he's this is one of those things. And he says this. And Jesus came to them, verse eighteen. Jesus came to them and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the very End of the age. Now, the first part of this, you know, Jesus is, you know, I mean, he's, I mean, first of all, it's Jesus back from the dead, and then he's throwing on this statement as he's beginning to give this very short teaching all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. He's basically saying, you know, I've got what you need, and nobody is more authorized. To give it to you than myself. And then he says, So go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now we're going to talk about that part next week, okay? And I'm excited about that. I always get jacked up about talking about that part. And then secondly, he says, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we have. We throw in secondly this piece that's one of the ordinances of the church, this baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the, and that ordinance we we hold that ordinance as is, is important to us. The reason we hold it important to us is not because we want to be legalistic. We believe that Jesus is trying to make the point that for us as people, at some point, we have to be willing to publicly state Jesus is my Lord, and if we're not willing to publicly state that. In, in some way like that, and we've, you know, we've made jokes in the past about how it might be more fitting to, you know, uh, get a thing on the front of the paper. Nobody buys papers anymore. Well, they do some, but anyway, you know, something, you know, on the, on the website or, you know, get you on the news. That's never usually good, uh, you know, but uh, something to, like, put it out there. Like, this person not just loves Jesus, but he's the Lord of their life. He has saved them. He's made them new. They've been buried with Jesus in baptism Raised to walk in newness of life, all of these, all of these pieces of that puzzle, and so that's why we hold that important. But again, that's not even why, what I'm here to teach about. Verse twenty, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We'll leave that up there for a minute. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we come to this statement. And this statement is is important for us as a church. It's a part of our calling. You know, I mean, we we could as a church just have get-togethers like Tuesday night. I'm looking forward to Tuesday night. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But the truth is, is that we're not just called to just get together and have fun. We're not called to just get together and encourage one another. We are encouraged and called to teach the things that Christ has commanded us. That God has given us in His Word. This is really important to us. Let, let me help us to understand why this is so important to us. Truth. That single word by itself, truth, is why it's so important for us. First of all, God's Word leads us to Him. God's Word leads us back to the Lord Himself. But beyond that, we have the word truth. I have a, a, an atheist friend of mine that we carry on. A, uh, a, actually, I've got a couple that I, I've been, I carry on like this kind of this conversation, ongoing conversation uh, that, uh, you know, I, I love. I love that we get to have these conversations. I love both of these guys. Uh, they, they mean a lot to me. Uh, I'm so glad that the Lord has put them in my life. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, one of the conversations that we've had, uh, along the way that I usually have when I get into some of those uh, types of conversations with folks that are not believers is you know when they say well I don't believe and how do you know and some of these kinds of things to just say well where's is, where is truth and I say well you know what, what do you mean I'm like well, what what gets to dictate truth so, I mean something something has to dictate truth right I mean it, at some point it's wrong for me to come up here with a baseball bat and just start hammering that keyboard you know for you know so, somewhere that's that's wrong what determines that that's wrong what makes it not okay for me to do that what what makes it not okay for me to not stop at the stop sign right what makes it okay for us to you know follow or not follow any law or let's say unspoken laws of just you know, talking bad about somebody. What makes that not okay? What makes that not okay? Truth has to be somewhere. And so we come back to this place of where God has given us His Word, truth, for us to have as a foundation of our lives. But not only is it this foundational thing, and it's, and it's not for us to do the check off the, uh, the boxes thing, it's to lead us back To the Lord, I've got this this quote. I want to read you from J.I. Packer. Packer has written some amazing books, and and one specifically called "Knowing God." That's about discipleship. Great book. Um, And and it says says this. He says this. He says there's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. When you truly know God, you have energy to serve Him, boldness to share Him, and contentment. In him you see when we come to know the Lord and he saves us and he makes us new a new creation we you know a lot of these things in our lives suddenly begin to we, we just see them in different ways and it doesn't become a doesn't become a I'm gonna do this I'm gonna not do that it becomes a our desires have changed our desires begin to match the desires of our Creator, of God Himself, and the things that He's calling us to anyway. It's this amazing thing that happens in us as we change. The, the, the purpose, the reasoning behind the importance of teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you really comes back to just being reminded uh, that we, we need God's truth. We really need His truth. We really need His love. His love comes to us through his truth. There's a lot of things that happen for us in spending time with the Lord. And we're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. But one of the calls of the church is to lead people to Jesus. Again, we'll talk more about that next week and to be more like Jesus, to strive to be like Jesus. You know, you you remember the Gatorade commercial, be like Mike? Remember that one? Sometimes I dream that he is me. You've got to see. That's how I dream to be. Right? That's totally off key, I know, right? I dream I move, I dream I groove, like Mike. If I could be like Mike, right? You know? And and you got Mike Michael Jordan, he's like playing with all these kids. He's playing basketball out on the playground because that's where Michael Jordan spent all of his time back in the day, you know, in the nineties on the playgrounds with kids. You know, it's it's funny, like we strive to be like something. We're doing it all the time. I mean, we really do. We strive to be like something. What are we striving to be like? We striving to be the best at this, the best at that, or to do this thing, or, you know, and, and there's, listen, there's nothing wrong usually with most of those things. Uh, I'm all about that like in fact scripture teaches us that we should do everything to the best of our ability and that it glorifies God if we are pointing people to him and the truth is is that we've been called to be like Christ and and the discipleship process of us of us being taught and teaching one another want, want us to get out of the thought process that this is only about being taught but to teach one another that that is leading us to being more like Christ. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3 gives us some information I think that is so good for us to see about scripture and its importance in our lives. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 specifically. And it says this it says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now you can go on through Timothy there, and he kind of keeps going there because you got to remember this, this was a letter, you know, and wasn't you know broken up the way we have it in chapters and stuff. And he keeps going, but uh, I encourage you to read the rest of that. Sometimes there's a whole lot there that I think is important to us as believers, um, but. Uh, for right now these two verses all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work this passage literally gives us a bullet-pointed list of things that are good for us in going to scripture being taught by scripture by teaching one another scripture the first thing is teaching That we grow in knowledge and understanding from God's Word. You know, I mean, you know, if I want to call somebody, you know, that I think is an expert in something, you know, I'm going to call somebody that I think is really good. At that thing, whatever that thing is, and I do this a lot. I'm sure you do too. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, some of you that you know have a trade. I know one of our guys is a plumber sitting down here. He's gotten phone calls from me. Uh, I mean, just you know, it's it's just one of those things. You know, it's like you just you know, phone a friend. You know, who's the expert in this area? And for us to recognize that we so desperately need. God's Word in our lives, speaking into our lives consistently over and over and over again is so important for us. The teaching here is not just to be taught, but it's also to teach. This means that you're doing this with someone. You know, that there's someone else in your life that you are also discipling, that you are being discipled by. You know, it's, it's, it's a both-and, you know. Uh, and and I, think, I think we just make this too hard. I think we have made this too hard for so long. I think the church has made it so much about Henry Blackaby studies on experiencing God, and those things can be great and fantastic, you know. But, you know, it's as simple, folks, as literally opening the Word and saying, you know what, let's read. Let's read a chapter of Scripture this week. You know, and then let's get together and talk about it. Let's get together and talk about it. Let's get together and eat. Maybe you don't have time to eat. Whatever, you're going to get together and talk about it. Maybe you can't even get together some weeks in person. You do it over the phone. You got the Zooms. You know, whatever, whatever works. But all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof. For reproof. Reproof scolds me when I need it. It humbles me. I need scripture to humble me. I need the truth to humble me. You know? I can almost can't even say the word truth sometimes without thinking about Jack Nicholson in that movie, you know. You can't handle the truth, you know. And uh, you know, and I and I think sometimes I think we as believers kind of approach God's word that way. We're like, I, I don't think I can handle the truth. I think I just need to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep running, you know. I mean, that's not doing us any good. It's not helping us get better at the trade that we've been called to and being Christ followers. I need the truth to humble me. I need it to correct me. It says for correction, for teaching, for proof, for correction, I need to see the error in my ways and in my thoughts. How am I going to find that? I'm only going to find that in God's truth, in His truth. And in His truth, amazing things begin to happen as God begins to reveal things in my life, things that maybe I need to shed, things I should change, things that that He wants to do, things that God wants to lead me in. for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. For training in righteousness. Whoa. That's a big statement. Training in righteousness. That's this statement that alludes to the fact that we're we're attempting to be like Jesus. That we're trying to do this amazing thing be a part of this amazing process where we're allowing Christ to put his righteousness on us his perfection his godlike character on us we're not we're not godlike we want to think we are i know i know some of you are married to some people that think they're godlike right they go home and be like honey aren't you so glad that you are married to me right Tell on them. I'm not afraid. It's uh, it's funny because the truth is is that Christ puts His righteousness on us. That when the Father sees us, He sees Him instead of seeing us and seeing our sin. It's like He took His robe or something and just covered us with it, so that when God the Father sees us in the day of judgment, He sees Jesus. And likewise, we are called to pursue the righteousness of God. And in our life, that means that our life changes. As we get closer with the Lord, our heart changes, our desires change, which means our actions change. Verse 17, it goes on, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Equipped for every good work work you know what it doesn't say equipped for some good works scripture discipleship teaching one another pushing one another toward Jesus through his word is this amazing process in which God works in us makes us more like him and he equips us for all the things I was on the phone with somebody recently and in the moment they thought I can't handle this situation, and they were—that's kind of what they were giving to me. I can't handle this situation. I don't know what to do. You've got to tell me what to do. I'm—I'm I'm about to lose my mind, right? You know, we've all been there. We've been in those situations, and they were afraid they were going to mess up. I was like, look, just hang on, hang on. Let's just, just take a step back. Let's think about this. It's like, I, I need a pastor here. I need a pastor. It's like you don't need a pastor there. It's like you don't need a pastor the lord has saved you you are a minister of the gospel and god wants to use you in this moment and he's going to do so and he did it was amazing and you know what that person told me later they said they said you know i'm glad that you didn't come running I'm glad you didn't come running and i got to be honest with you in the past i would come running you know, it's like it's so, it's so hard sometimes for a pastor to, to not just want to like just go try to save the day every time something comes up if you can. You know, we had something going on with our family that night, and so I, for a change, was saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be with my family. I need to be with my family. I know this is important, but I need to be with my family. You hang in there. Let the Lord lead you. I'm praying for you. You're going to do good. You know, call me if you need me, whatever. And, uh, and he said later, he said, you know what, I'm glad you didn't come running. He said it helped strengthen our, because it wasn't just him, it was another believer together. He said it helped strengthen our faith that we were there and that the Lord used us in that moment and helped us fight through that. Every good work comes from being in God's word. Every good work, us being prepared for every good work comes from being in his word. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 teaches us something I think that's important for us. I actually made mention of this recently. In Hebrews 10 and verse 23, it says this. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Now, we kind of stop there just to kind of help us to see the picture here. There is no lone wolf in this picture, okay? I'm going to read that verse again. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Verse 25, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. One of the things I was... Most excited about for us as a church was uh, right before COVID hit. I've brought this up before. Right before COVID hit, we took a churchwide retreat. We're going to get back to that uh, next year, hopefully. Um, and um, that retreat, we had a friend of ours, Gary Morgan, come and share. And, the, and the, really, the the weekend was themed and designed around pushing, trying to push us all uh, to what it looks like for us to be in the process of discipleship, what's it look like for us to push one another toward Jesus, to meet together, to encourage one another in these things that we're we're talking about here. And, um, And then COVID hit, and everybody went home and didn't come out for like whatever, six months or something. And man, what a wind out of the sails that was for me personally. As I just like was like looking at the church and like was so happy to like as I remember at that retreat like I saw people like getting together we you know some people were like man we've already started getting together we're about to start getting together you know we got you know we've already talked we're gonna be doing and and some folks did still like you know work out like being you know together electronically or whatever it was you know which is awesome you know but I, I you know I just I just look at this picture and here's this picture of the church. That this is done together, not alone, with people, with believers seeking Jesus in just the simplest of ways. The simplest of ways. You need encouragement? You need somebody on your team? Need somebody in your tribe? Do it, find somebody. The process of making us more like Christ ends up that we experience some different things. Here, here's here's just a few of them I want to share. These are just I, I don't even know if this is complete. This is what was off the top of my head as I've been praying and thinking about this this week. That we preach the gospel to each other. That we preach the gospel to each other, and you go, well, that I mean, that's like super simple, right? That's like the remind, reminding one another of the good news of Jesus Christ. Yes. That we preach the gospel to one another. Do you know how much it changes your day to be reminded of what Christ has done for you and to be reminded that it's not all on your shoulders? It's on His. That's huge. That changes everything. Changes our day, changes our week, changes how we look at the crazy situations going on in our lives whatever it may be we preach the gospel to each other secondly we get encouragement from one another and you know, we just read about that encouraging one another you can also check out 1st Thessalonians 5:11 if you want to see another passage about that we get to bear one another's burdens we get to bear one another's burdens don't sometimes you just wish you had somebody to talk to Like somebody to share what's going on, you're like, well, I've got, you know, I share everything with my spouse. Okay, yeah, good. Are you sharing your porn problem? Are you sharing, you know, where you misspent money, but you really just don't want to fess up to it, and you know, you know, you just need to get it off chest and just, you know, talk that out, pray about that. Sometimes that leads to also having to confess that to other people. If you're in a good discipleship situation, we need people. You, you need somebody. Men, you need another man. Women, you need another woman who you can share these things with in your life and be real. It's so simple, and it's so encouraging. We share one another's burdens with each other, you know? One of the things that happens out of this is our faith grows as we see God working in one another's lives. You know, I've seen this, whole, I've got a whole group of men that have been a part of our micro church now for several years. And we started out, you know, outside of our micro church having a Tuesday night Bible study just for some guys in the basement. And then that has turned into, I think now, uh, three or four, two or three or four other uh, groups of guys, you know, meeting at other times at other people's houses or at workplaces or whatever it is. Uh, and and it's, it's the Lord. It's the Lord working through these guys doing this, uh, which is awesome. And it's so encouraging. It's so encouraging. It helps us turn away from our sin. It helps us turn away from the evil of this world. It humbles us, humbles us. And it reminds us that we're not alone struggling sometimes and it builds us up. It builds us up. You can check out Acts 20:32 if you want to see more about that. It builds us up and it gives us a foundation in truth. These shows on TV and I feel like they're on all the time. And I'm I'm like okay with watching a little bit of one. I really don't even want to watch a whole one because like once you've seen one of them you've seen them all. The shows I'm talking about are the shows where they're like making knives and swords all the time. I I think they're pretty cool. I really do. I love seeing people make stuff. I love, you know, especially you know you can't you can't hate on you know dudes making cool stuff that they can like slice in half and you know all this kind of stuff. You know, it's it's cool. But again, once you've kind of seen it, you've kind of seen it. But I got to thinking about I got to thinking about all the sharpness of the knives and all the stuff and I I thought you know what I want to look up and see like what is the sharpest knife in the world and I thought it might have like one of these dudes from a TV show on it you know with like his face and here's the knife he made but but instead it gave gave me uh, on one of these science websites gave me like this most random thing I've never even heard of and it's called an obsidian knife as being one of the sharpest knives Just out of curiosity, does anybody have one of these things? Anybody have an obsidian knife? Okay. All right. Well, you let me down, Cheatham County. Really, I really thought you would have been ahead of me on this, and I was like trailing behind. Does he have one and he's not and he's not owning up to it? Oh, it's on order. Okay. All right. Show and tell when it gets here, okay? <laughs> let me let me read to you what I I totally stole this from the internet. So it says this about obsidian knives. It says they have super thin blades, which are three nanometers wide at the edge. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds amazing, right? It's ten times sharper than a razor blade. these here this is cool these are made by by flaking a long thin silver from a core of obsidian And you're like what is that here's what obsidian is volcanic glass I don't think we can find any around here but it's really cool really cool right and it just brings me to proverbs 27:17 so simple so straightforward iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another we have to stop thinking about discipleship being like oh i've got to find a spiritual guru to disciple me and just find a friend who loves jesus and say to them hey how about you and I pursue Jesus together and you disciple one another you teach one another we need this we have to have it we need to be sharpened by somebody else it keeps us accountable it keeps us from keeps us from falling off of our game right John 8:31 says this it says so Jesus said to the Jews who believed who had believed him if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free folks I mean seriously seriously like the greatest gift that we've been given outside of Jesus himself is the Word of God and the ability that we have to get together and seek the Lord and allow him to speak to our hearts through one another as we sharpen one another as we push one another as we ask those questions as we as we confess those sins, as we pray for one another as we encourage one another as we carry those burdens for one another we are called to it Jesus did it it leads us by the way to mission multiplication Others knowing Jesus, more on that next week. Uh, and I'll, I'll just say this, and this is not any sort of judgmental statement whatsoever toward anybody else. please don't take it that way. All the people talking to me currently about pursuing something for the kingdom of God are folks who are seeking Jesus with others. All the folks that are talking to me about pursuing something for the kingdom of God, you know, like they have big dreams of like, oh, I think God wants to do this with our church, or, you know, I, I see this possibility of a ministry, whatever it is, are all people that are seeking Jesus with others. True story. And i got to tell you, I love hearing God work in the lives of believers that they get so excited about seeing others come to Christ and people being loved on. So the question to ask is this, am I, am I seeking Jesus with anyone else in Scripture these days? And if not, who can I do this with? Who can I be a part of teaching and sharpening? Who can teach and sharpen me? There's somebody, there's somebody in your life that needs it as as much as you do. I want to challenge you. Listen, I do not want to guilt you. I want to challenge you to seek the Lord, pray about this, ask ask that he might reveal. If you if you're not having any luck, then come and talk to one of us. May we we can help you find somebody. Keep it simple. In fact, I'm going to give you this. Meet, pray, study scripture, repeat. Meet, pray, study scripture, repeat. Meet, pray, study Scripture, repeat. Throw in a little food, then it's a party. Telling you, me, me me and my boys, when we roll on a Tuesday night, we don't stay in the basement anymore, do we? We go eat some food. It is a glorious thing. We get to, we just like, well, you feel like eating tonight? I don't know. Well, you feel you want to eat wings? I don't know. Eat hot chicken or eat Thai? You want to eat what? You want to eat? I don't know. But at the end of the day, we're praying for one another. We're confessing to one another. We're seeking the Lord together through his word. It's not on the screen, but I want to give it to you anyway. Mark 13, 31. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. God, may we not miss the opportunity we have to meet with you, to be sharpened by you, to gain wisdom from your truth, to be shaped by your truth. Lord, shape us, change us into the people that you've called us to be. Help us. Help us with our faithfulness with this, Lord. We know that we struggle a lot of times with this. Lord, help us with our faithfulness. With this. God, help us not to make it harder than it is. God, and, and furthermore, for anyone, Lord, right now that isn't a believer, God, I pray, Lord, you would speak to their heart and you would help them to see your truth for what it is. God, I pray that you do a work in them today that they would believe in you, trust in you, in the work that you did through your Son Jesus. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for taking our place. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have not just to know the gospel, but to speak it to one another, to teach it to one another. Lord, to push us closer together, closer to you. God, work in our lives. God, thank you for all that you've done for us. Help us to teach, to sharpen one another. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.